Happy Tuesday, everybody. Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Have you do all the songs this week? See how easy it is. No, I just don't want you doing Tuesday (laughs) because we all know why. I just don't like the way that you sing Tuesday. So I will take over Tuesday. Take over Tuesday with Take Mo. over Tuesday. It hey, that sounds like a cool, <laughs> cool thing. From now on, I'm doing all of the stuff and you're doing the highlighted thing. <laughs> it's Tuesday, August 13th, and it's the back row with Matt and Mo. Dang it. You too. I was going to remember it this time. <laughs> I was waiting on it. In the studio. Today, we've got nine tips to help you forgive yourself. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you take it as far as you want to take it. <laughs> Plus, the latest news, random facts, and more. But first, we have some holidays for you, don't we, Matt? Uh, I believe so, but what what is today? I, I, said, it's, I said it's August 13th. <laughs> but not before the holidays part. Oh, it's August 13th, <laughs> and here are our holidays. <laughs> uh, we, All right, do you do that. the holidays, and then you can do the sponsor okay, thing. And we'll, <laughs> we'll put it back in the yeah. in terms then. It's International Left-Handers Day. Hey, it's Mila's day. Yeah, you have dangerous left-handed. left-handed. Dangerous left-handed yep. too. It's very strange. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> we were at Red Arrow the other day playing games, and you know those the like the basketball games, but it's the football. You know where the balls roll down and you throw them one at a time. Oh, okay. But okay, but it was football. Instead? Okay. Yeah, there's like three different sized holes, Hoops and you have you to throw into. Yeah, that's neat. Um, yeah, it's neat until you take a eight-year-old elbow to the face because I was standing on the left side of her and she brought her arm back. Wham! Oh, Mila! I'm sorry, Mom. No, I should have known better than to stand on your left side. Uh, we noticed it was, I want to say it was a Thanksgiving or some, some, some meal we were having. We didn't do it all that often with my parents uh, about five or six years ago. And they noticed I was eating left-handed. Yeah. Like with my fork. And my mom just stops and goes, you're not left-handed. I said, no, you're right, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) And I've come to adjust myself to Daedra. Yeah. To where I'm not bumping elbows with her. uh, And I eat better now left-handed with utensils than I do right-handed. Yeah, it's very strange. Actually, I think that's starting to subside because we don't eat all the, at a table anymore all yeah. that often. Uh, so I'm starting to use my right hand a little bit more. But but yeah, for for a while there, I was pretty ambidextrous with with the utensil using. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I didn't even we, really notice it happening until she pointed it out. Yeah. And so yeah, I noticed how often I would just automatically pick up you know my fork or spoon or whatever with mm-hmm. my left hand. Very strange. Yep. Uh, and then it's also National Filet Mignon Day. You had filet mignon. I don't care for steak. What? I know. Get and if I eat steak, I'm eating sirloin. I don't. It, just basic. Just bottom I'm, of the barrel sirloin. Hashtag basic. Golden basic Corral sirloin steak. Yep. <laughs> you know me all too well, friend. <laughs> uh, well, I have had. It was back when Dakota Steakhouse was still open here. Yeah. I had a filet mignon from there. My. Gosh. Yeah. The best steak. Normally I drown my steak in A1 sauce. Yeah. That, just a sprinkle of salt is all that I added to that thing because it was fantastic. So flavorful. You know what my favorite thing to put on steak is? Hmm. Melted butter with garlic. Yeah, that's pretty good too. That's like, you can keep all the steak sauce, the ketchup, whatever. Just give me butter and garlic. It's so good. (laughs) I just, I really love A1 sauce. Yeah. Which I have to really not think about what's in it to love it. Oh, don't tell anybody. Right. You're going to ruin everybody. Right? Don't. <laughs> it's awful. But whatever they've done, it's made one fantastic sauce. And so there are many times where I'll go just to some place where I know the steak's not going to be great, like Chili's or somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. Let's get a bottom of the barrel type steak just so I can drown it in steak sauce and yeah then i'll still enjoy it at that yeah. point you know who has really good steak so mm. we went to cattle baron in portales cattle baron. no 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 it was garbage oh no garbage we that's all that my sister wanted while she was here was steak she and doesn't like bad? chicken she doesn't like seafood she's so weird she doesn't like pork she likes <laughs> steak 
She's very high maintenance. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then we went to Texas Roadhouse in Lubbock. Yeah. OMG. Yeah. yeah. If you want a good steak, just drive to Lubbock and go to Texas Roadhouse. Texas Roadhouse is true. So good. We haven't been to the Caliburn in Portales mm-hmm. a lot. But when we were on our honeymoon in Rio Doso, they had a cattle baron there. Yeah. And we ate there like five times that week because yeah. it was amazing every single time. See, and when we first moved here, we went to Cattle Baron and it was so good. Yeah, that used to be it used to be great. Oh, I guess so I just good. I haven't been there in years now. Yeah. At least four or five years. And it's not that it was bad, but it was definitely mediocre. It yeah. was like we left like, okay, yeah. We, not worth the drive. Not Portales. worth the drive. And it's <laughs> twice as much as Texas Roadhouse. Really? Yes. So at Texas Roadhouse, I can get a six ounce sirloin for eight ninety nine, right? Yeah, that seems about And I get two sides. Yeah, two sides. And then, of course, the rolls with the cinnamon honey oh, yeah, yeah. butter. Um, at Cattle Baron, I got the six ounce sirloin and it was eighteen ninety nine. Holy cow. Yeah. For a six ounce sirloin? For a six ounce sirloin, one side, but the salad bar. Holy cow. I know. Was the salad bar at least good? Uh, it was a salad bar. Yeah. yeah I mean, it wasn't like... <laughs> I went up there once and that was it. Wow. So... Yeah. It wasn't a Golden Corral salad bar. <laughs> uh, we went to K-Bob's here in town. Yeah. After Hillary's graduation that we went to. Yeah. College graduation. Um, and since it reopened, every time we've gone, we've been totally disappointed. Really? Uh, but we went this last time, and it had been almost two years, I think, since we'd been the last time. And we were blown away by how good everything was, especially yeah. the salad bar. Um, the salad wagon. Salad Matt. wagon. Sorry, salad yeah, wagon. wagon. <laughs> but uh, one thing that they had started doing since then was they started offering the cinnamon uh, honey butter oh, as well. Yes. So they have the regular butter and they have the honey butter. Well, we thought they just brought us two butters. Because we couldn't see a difference in it mm-hmm. immediately. And so I had a roll and I had the regular butter on it. I'm like, oh, this is so good. You need to try it. So Deidre got her butter and put it on there. He's all, oh, it tastes like dessert. What? What is wrong with this? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it tastes like cinnamon and, oh, it's so cake-like. I, if I wanted this, I would have it after dinner. And I'm like, you are insane. <laughs> what are you even talking about right now? <laughs> It took us a longer than I want to admit to realize that one <laughs> of the butters, butters one of the butters was a cinnamon infused butter. That's funny. Oh, uh, yeah, it was weird. It's weird when you have when you think you're having the same experience but have two wickedly different responses. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's funny. All right, now that we've made all of our listeners hungry <laughs> first thing in the morning. <laughs> Steak and eggs coming Steak up for eggs. breakfast, yep. you know. <laughs> uh, if you love what we do here on the Back Row Morning Show and Back Row Radio as a whole, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. Here is the situation. We are still rapidly approaching the point where we are going to have to pay more for our licensing. Uh, we, we told you at the beginning of the year that we probably had a year's worth of growth if we kept at this pace, and that's still seeming to be the case. Uh, by the end of this year, we are likely going to have to pay twice as much for licensing because we have more and more people listening, and it's based on how many total listening hours uh, are accumulated. And so if that happens and we don't have the funds, we won't be able to do it. Sorry, guys. And so when that happens, what happens is you get to listen up to the point where all the total listening hours are taken up, and then the radio station goes off the air for the rest of the month. And at first, that might only be a couple days, but eventually it's going to be a couple weeks. And, you know, you get halfway through the month, and then that's all the back of radio you get until the beginning of next month. That's why we need you to help jump in, step in, fund us, and get us to a point where we can coast safely without this fear and worry in the back of our uh, minds constantly. It's painful, and we need your help. Uh, we also want to keep adding more and more music to the station and uh you know it's it's it costs money for every single song that we add except for uh several of our independent artists who are gracious enough to uh, send in their music to us to use for free and uh 
give them some of that exposure as well. A lot of good, man, we have a lot of amazing independent artists. When we were doing the podcast, we were I was trying to seek out in, an independent artist to feature on every show. And I remember that. Finding a, finding a really good one felt difficult. Like they were few and far between. But since starting the radio station and getting the word out there and them now coming to us more on a regular basis instead of us seeking them out, we're finding out there are so many amazing Christian artists out there that have almost no exposure beyond like their local hometown. And we even had a band that was like that. We had a band called Constant Halo in this town that were phenomenal. And if they had been given the opportunity, they could have gone really far. Yeah. But that opportunity didn't come and things fizzled out and people went their own ways. And that was really sad. And we still play their music because it's amazing music. And it could have been something just mind-blowing in the future if it had continued to go. And so that's kind of one of the reasons that we existed. One of the reasons that we started is to try and give some more exposure to these Christian independent artists that you're not going to hear on uh, the mainstream radio stations at all because they only deal with signed artists. And there's just a plethora of unsigned out there that deserve to be heard. So if that's something that you're uh, into as well, something you'd like to support, Again, check us out at patreon.com slash backrowradio, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash backrowradio, or go to backrowradio.com and click the support us button, and that'll take you there too. Now, it's time for 11th Commandments. When you join our Facebook group, Backrow Baptist Church, we ask you three questions. The first two are just pretty much proving that you know what you're getting yourself into. And the last one is a uh, attempt to judge just how funny you are. And it's, if you had the power to create an 11th commandment, what would it be? And we phrase it exactly like that. And still some people get offended by it. And we know that this is not the group for you. Uh, or if you... <laughs> we say, so long. <laughs> we had some... Fair weather friend. Somebody who is obviously from a different country. That's English was their second language. They responded to that question with, uh, there are only 10 commandments. Where do I get an 11th? <laughs> I'm like, uh, you know, this might not be the place for you either, but for a different reason. That bless your heart. That's the. <laughs> like, you're not seeking the eleventh, and actually, there were far more than ten. Something like three hundred. Oh, man, yeah, that was just the ten big ones, biggies. So here's the thing: to be totally <laughs> honest, though, I couldn't come up with an eleventh commandment. Yeah. I, yeah, not everybody's hilarious, and that does, and that's not the judgment on whether or not you're going to get Matt. in the group. <laughs> I think I'm quite funny, to be totally honest. <laughs> I get a laugh out of people on a regular basis, and they're not laughing at me. I, okay, I was not going to say it, <laughs> but I'm just not witty like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm not. What I was saying is, if you don't have to answer it, if you don't answer, that doesn't mean you're going to get kicked out of the group. Or anything, or you won't be let in. Uh, but if you do answer it and you're like snarky or weird about it, like God said not to add any commandments or something like that, or the ten that we have are fine, we might not let you in. <laughs> like we don't need that kind of judgment here. Our church we're clear. Is, we're clearly setting up a hypothetical situation. Our church is big enough as it is. <laughs> we are already at the point of mega church. <laughs> right we don't Coming need up to four thousand members yeah we uh, uh we but y'all still ain't paying your tithes <laughs> <sighs> if you would just pay your tithes you need to pass the virtual plate <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. right what do we got 11th commandments these are from some of our members who've joined a couple of our members we've got paul weigel i believe that is how it's pronounced yeah and he says be excellent to each other what's that from no idea. You don't know? Oh, it's from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah. Be excellent to each other. Okay, there you go. That's why it was funny. That's why I enjoyed it. That, that is why. It's a good thing that but it's Matt a, but it's approved a, your request but it's a and not me. Fantastic, it's a fantastic uh, commandment, though. Yeah. And it stems on a lot of what we talked about yesterday. Just it don't does. Be ter- don't be turds to each other. Don't Just be turds. be excellent to each other. You know, and that, like, Chris Pratt in one of his speeches... Yeah. Said, yeah, that's where we got it, yeah. Don't be turds, or don't be a turd. And that would be a good 11th commandment. Mm-hmm. 
100 percent. The, the next sticker design that we make is gonna say uh either don't be a turd or thou shalt not be a turd 11th commandment <laughs> yeah you can't say thou shalt not turd because thou that... shalt not turdeth <laughs> we all gotta poop uh and our second one comes from matthew rogers he says all attendees of the church are forbidden to give a look of judgment to the sound guy when there is technical difficulties with the mics truth because mostly the sound guy is not really like a sound technician who went to school for this thing it's just a volunteer who knows the basics listen and the sound oh, guy <laughs> is always always every sound guy is holding an inner rage okay it's true matt's a sound it's guy true. my dad was a sound guy growing up my brother-in-law nick he's a sound guy all three of these men while very different i can see having one thing in common you turn around on a sunday morning when they're already having a bad day and there's technical difficulties happening they're going to pick up the first thing that's closest to them and throw it right at your head. <laughs> Just saying. And that's because most of those technical difficulties have nothing to do with anything the sound guy is doing. Yeah. Technology just fails a lot with weird things. They do weird problems. We have microphones that just explode for no reason. Not literally explode, but like bl- burst out the speakers. Yeah. And we still have not figured out why this occurs. And it only occurs randomly. And it's never the same mic that does it. Yeah. We or don't, the same person. Yeah. or it, it, We don't know why. Yeah. And so, yeah, when that happens, I get really mad. And if someone looks at me like it was my fault. You're sure, getting a I pin might, to the head. I might throw something. <laughs> I might throw this hymnal back here at your face. We don't use it anyway. <laughs> That's all it's here for is for me to throw it. Chuck it at someone. It's going to be Matt's next announcement from the pulpit. Hey, guys, you know those hymnals that we have in the back of the sound booth? Yeah. I'm not just holding it there. (laughs) Well, it isn't a surefire way to make your sweaty gym clothes smell like roses, but a new fabric might be able to give off a pleasant lemony aroma at the very least. Mm. A team of engineers from the University of Minho in Portugal has developed two ways to modify cotton fabric so that it lets off a citronella aroma when it comes in contact with sweat. The scientists used a protein found in pigs' noses that binds to scent molecules. They used a second method involving fat-like liposomes uh, rather than proteins to bind the pleasant scent to the fabric. So basically, it's binding all the stuff to the fabric. When the fabric gets wet, it releases the good-smelling stuff, the citrus smell, instead of your stank. But you don't like that idea? Lemony uh, fresh. No, I, I'm a fan of pork. It's my favorite meat, but I don't really want to be wearing it. You don't want a pig Just nose saying. in your armpit? Just saying. <laughs> Y'all can deal with my stench. It doesn't bother me. I kind of like it. Everybody likes their own scent. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's not true. When we come back, we're going to be talking about nine ways to forgive yourself. But first, it is Indie Music Tuesday, which means we're going to kick off this music break with three independent Christian artists that you may have never heard of before, but might just be your new favorite. Stick around. We'll be back at the top of the hour. All of them. All of them? What do you mean all of them? All of them! You got it, chum. Back Row Radio. Christian music in every flavor. Have them all. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Tuesday, Tuesday. 
And we <laughs> got it in. <laughs> That's the thing that Mo hated. She referenced something that she hates. That was it. She doesn't like the word Tuesday Tuesday. She thinks it sounds like poop. Even though she was perfectly fine making a poop joke in the last hour. I was. And she was all fine with it. But she mm-hmm. has a problem with this for some reason. It sounds so much more vulgar coming from you. <laughs> See, I don't think it sounds vulgar at all. <laughs> so funny. Cheesy, uh, Yep. But we heard, oh, okay. Have you seen the new Fancy Feast commercial? No. I don't think so. It's on It's on. Who Hulu. watches commercials anymore? Well, it's on Hulu. If you have Hulu, you still have to watch commercials sometimes. Okay. But the new Fancy Feast commercial... It's normal, you know, it's in their, their normal food, you know, it's got a white cat with a little heart-shaped white china plate, and they put the meat on there perfectly, whatever. Okay, like, like But at the usual. very end, they hype a new product that they have, which is called um, Fancy Feast Savory Centers, and it is the most vulgar-looking cat food I've ever seen in my life. It looks like... Uh, Everybody else is Googling it with me right now. You Google it right now. You will see it looks like a cat's hindquarters. Really? uh, With diarrhea. Ew. It's gross. I can't put it any cleaner than that. That's what it looks like. Yeah, Mo's looking at it right now. It looks disgusting, doesn't it? Why? (laughs) And they threw that up at the end of the commercial for me to see with no warning... And I was shocked and appalled. (laughs) That is so gross. It looks terrible. It looks offensive. In a way that I've never felt about any animal food product before. (laughs) Somebody had to have known that that's what it was going to look like. It's just terrible. It's 100% terrible. So Google it for yourself. Fancy Feasts, uh, Savory Centers, and you can enjoy. (laughs) And I'll be totally honest, Matt. Yeah. What you said it looks like is a whole lot more clean than what I think it looks like. So we'll just, we'll leave it at that. Are we ready? Let's do this. Hour two. (laughs) Five random facts. Uh Okay, Mr. Rogers wrote more than 200 of the songs used in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Yeah. I don't remember songs. I just remember. Oh, he sang nearly every segment something. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go back to Mr. Rogers. Beyond just his introduction song. Yeah. Won't you be my neighbor? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, in Hawaii, people are legally allowed to throw their loved one's ashes into a volcano. They just have to do it discreetly and pay $25 for a permit. That would be a dope way to go. Throw me into a volcano? Yeah. So that the next time I erupt, I or the next time the volcano erupts, you I come back to life? Head. I have a question, though. What? Why do they got to be ashes? Wouldn't the volcano take care of that? Couldn't you just throw the body in? I just find it funny <laughs> that you have to pay $25 for a permit to do it, but you have to do it discreetly. Do it discreetly. Don't disturb the volcano gods. <laughs> that, like, okay. Uh, I'm feeling like I'm doing something what would be wrong. A, what would be a non-discreet way to do that? <laughs> Out there yelling. Hey, everybody! <laughs> These are the ashes of my great-grandma, Edith! Look what I'm doing! <laughs> <laughs> Is this discreet enough? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, France banned all children under the age of 15 from using their smartphones in school. The ban also includes smartwatches and tablets. Meanwhile, our school system is forcing every student to have a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. Forcing them. Well, not every student. <laughs> our elementary school kids aren't getting Chromebooks. Uh, we took a tour of our elementary school, and it has in the hallway a bunch of these lockers that say Chromebooks coming soon on them. What? Mm-hmm. But see, okay, so did you <laughs> fill out the paperwork online? No, uh, because you're not a returning student. Oh, well, David filled a... out something. Okay. 
she may have done it online. I don't know. Anyway, but when I, so I had to fill out Mila's and then the boys. So there's a Chromebook agreement that yeah. you have to sign. Mila's was just like, every paperwork is all the same for every student, regardless of what grade they're in, which makes no sense to me, but whatever. Um, hers was like just a blank form that I didn't have to sign. I could just bypass. Whereas the boys, I had to sign. I had mm. to agree. I had to click every box. In order to go on to the next step, which told me that it might just be because they aren't in place yet. Yeah. But I've heard from two other people with kids that are already in elementary that the plan is that that's going to be starting soon. So they're probably not starting at the beginning of the year since it's already happened. But uh, that might be like a mid-year thing. That's so crazy to me. Our kindergartners don't need Chromebooks. Right. And that Chromebook is supposed to follow them for the rest of their time in school. That one Chromebook is supposed to last for 12 years when you get it in first grade. And I just don't see it happening. I replace my laptop every two or three years out of necessity because it just don't work no more. It's just a bare necessity. <laughs> but the fact well, that it's a requirement is stupid to me. So they have to turn the Chromebooks in at the end of school. Yeah. They don't keep them through the summer. Right. And so... Then I'm wondering, because, you know, we have a whole technology department here in our district. I'm wondering if they go through and update every computer, update Maybe. every Chromebook, and clear it out so that they do last Maybe. longer. I just don't know. I don't that's know either. Still, that's still nine months of wear and tear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's what you're agreeing to when you sign the right. agreement. Is but that... the, fact, the fact that you have to agree to it and you have to have a Chromebook, why can't I just provide a laptop for my kid? Why do we have to go through the school? Because I understand providing them for those who need them. Yeah. But why does it have to be a forced thing? Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It I is don't weird. Like it. I yeah. agree. It's weird because we bought Topher a laptop for Christmas last year, and then a month later he gets a Chromebook from school, and I was like, seriously, what that's seven hundred dollars yep. that we could have saved. <laughs> anyway. Um, by design, many casinos avoid forcing patrons to make right angle turns. As doing so forces us... Yeah, you're reading it right. Okay. I'm going to start over, though. Casinos <laughs> avoid forcing patrons to make right-angle turns, as doing so forces us to call upon the decision-making parts of the brain. The carpets tend to be ugly and disorienting as well, so you're more inclined to look up. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's all a game. It's all a game. It's true. There's no clocks in the casino either, so you lose track of time. That's true. <laughs> and that's why they bring you free drinks as well. Why go to a bar when you can have a free drink here and just Cuz you're throwing all your money keep away. Putting it ain't quarters free. in this thing. It ain't free. <laughs> um, you know, maybe they should do something about the smell of smoke cuz I think that they would yeah, like That was the only real thing that bugged me about that place. So I can't. It's, just, it's so heavily smoke yeah. filled. Yeah. Put in like a ventilation system that like immediately sucks up the smoke. Or just be like the rest of America and stop letting it happen. Oh no, they're not. Why do we do need that? to have cigarettes indoors? They're not going to do that. Uh, handwriting has declined so much that one in three respondents to a UK survey said they had not written anything by hand. In the previous six months. That makes me really sad. Well, I was thinking about it after reading that. And I feel like besides our grocery list and a couple post-it notes I put up on my computer to remind myself of something in the in the sound booth, I don't really write stuff by hand either. Really? Yeah. Like, See, and I'm just... Pretty a, much ever. I'm a paper and pen kind of person. Yeah. I... I don't know. I definitely I, haven't like written a letter to anybody in who knows how long. Yeah, so I'm really bad about letters and cards, even though it's like my love language. I love getting letters and cards. <laughs> You're bad about giving them? <laughs> yeah. I'm not good at, at sending them out. Sorry. Oh, that's sad. I, it that's is really sad. Sorry, Wendy. <laughs> that's not narcissistic. Don't, don't say that. That's too far. That's too far. Too close to the truth. Don't call me out like that, Matt. <laughs> Give me all the cards. Date them so I'll keep them forever in this nice organization box that I have. But, I should uh, get a nice organization don't box. Don't depend on me to send a card your way. Shut up. 
send you Shut a Facebook up. message. Happy birthday. Mind your business. Bill. <laughs> hey, I, I send really good Facebook birthday messages. Thank you. You do. That is true. That is that is one of your strong suits. Everybody's like, happy birthday. Hope it's great. And I'm like. Here's a collage of all the best moments we've had as friends. Yeah. And here's a whole two paragraphs about why you're the best. That's exactly right. You do a really good job. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> you're like Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> Sour at first, but sweet in the middle. <laughs> okay. In the United States, two hyphenated fast food joints have sat high upon the thrones of their regional kingdoms. In the West, in and out reigned supreme. And in the South, it was Chick-fil-A. Now, a survey has determined which cult favorite takes the crown nationwide. And just as we celebrated this restaurant last week, we're celebrating him again. Chick-fil-A has been officially named America's favorite Fast food restaurant. Are we trying to get a sponsorship? I would love a sponsorship by Chick-fil-A. Actually, I'm just trying to convince them to come to our town. A recent report by Market Force, published by Food & Wine, polled 7,600 customers about their satisfaction levels, levels with various chains. And Chick-fil-A ranked the highest with a 79% loyalty rating. Second place... On the best chicken list was Raising Cane's, a smaller chain located primarily in the South. In and Out remains America's favorite burger joint, getting a 73% satisfaction rating. Yes, it does. Do you hear that, Sam Spurgeon? McDonald's came in last on the list of the 14 burger chains with a satisfaction score of just 28%. Wow. <laughs> Even with their new, like, worldwide menu? Have you tried any of that? No. Uh, I was tempted to try like the Stroopwaffle McFlurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I realized the commercial made me mad. Oh. It's like, if you want to try a new Stroopwaffle McFlurry, you're going to have to get in there soon. Otherwise, you're going to have to go to the Netherlands or whatever, wherever it actually is. And I'm like, we sell Stroopwaffles at Walmart. I mean, we could make that pretty easily if we really wanted it for about the same price. So up yours, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> the the Spain burger was legit. Yeah? What was on that one? Don't remember. Onions. <laughs> I remember a lot of onions. Uh, and it was a different kind of cheese. But it was it was yummy. Yeah. I have been down on their... Because it was quarter pounder meat, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. I've been down on all their quarter pounders since they changed to the fresh, never frozen... Yeah. To compete with Wendy's because it's too wet. See, so it was pretty greasy, but I yeah. like a greasy burger. I, I do too, typically, but not with McDonald's. Yeah. Because theirs is greasy like a sponge, and that's not the way it's supposed to feel. Okay, we got to stop because I'm feeling a little sick. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's that I'm, <laughs> I haven't eaten yet. But I do prefer dry burgers. I don't know why. Dry chicken as well. Dry turkey. Ooh, I love dry turkey. Yeah. I love you do? dry really? turkey. Yes. I've met like zero people on the planet that agree with me. No, that I dry love dry turkey. turkey. Yeah. And it's typically dark meat that's, no. No, typically it's the white meat. meat that's, that's more dry. dark. Yeah. And typically, so, okay, so here's the thing. Legs are white meat. Am I getting this all wrong? I think so. Never like mind. I'm done. Meat. I'm done. So you don't like dry turkey. No, I do like dry turkey. (laughs) Because here's the reason that I like dry turkey. Because I like to put gravy on top of it. Mm. And so if it's dark meat, that's more wet, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. So if it's dark meat, you can't put the gravy. Yeah. It's just not the same consistency. It's almost like a soup at that point. It's nasty. But with the dry meat, it's still a good... Sure. Um... Breasts are white meat. Yes. Okay. And that's typically all I'll eat. And I still like them just dry. I'll put salt on it. That's about it. Okay. And so. That makes it even more dry. Right. I'm (laughs) I'm typically drinking something at the same time because it is very dry. But I just, I really like just the flavor of, of that dry chew you get to really taste the actual meat part yeah uh beyond the juices which are also good but you know it's like on thanksgiving if you're eating it the day of thanksgiving it's plenty moist yeah but the next day it's like a whole different meat Mm -hmm. it's really good i know 
and nobody else likes it, which I guess is yeah. good for me because that means I get to eat you get all, all the white meat. The white meat. <laughs> all right. So today on the show, we are talking about forgiving yourself. Uh, as you know, Mo and I are very uh, fond of Celebrate Recovery. And so this is actually something that we're getting into talking right now. If you if your program starts the program at the beginning of the year and moves on, we're entering into the forgiveness area in the lessons. And uh, forgiving forgiveness does come from the, the three different uh, avenues. We're, we're trying to forgive others. We're trying to forgive. Uh, we're trying to accept forgiveness and we're trying to forgive ourselves. And often forgiving yourself can be the most difficult thing uh, because you know the real you. You know your real motivations and you know all the garbage stuff about yourself that most other people don't know. And so it's hard for you to get to the point where you can say, yeah, I was a garbage person back then and I messed up, but I need to let that go and not continually beat myself up about it for the rest of my life. Uh, this comes from Mark Merrill's blog, uh, and it's the uh, blog is the same title, Nine Tips for When You Can't Forgive Yourself, or a similar title. Uh, but we're going to go through his nine tips uh, on a surface level and kind of discuss them and what we think about them. And uh, we'll do the first four here uh, in this second hour here. Uh, but here he has a list. Here are some of the ways that you hurt yourself when you can't forgive yourself. Uh, you keep reliving what you've done. You let it affect your decisions. You feel paralyzed by your past. You verbally abuse yourself quietly in the recesses of your own heart. You make yourself feel unworthy. You are afraid to take healthy risks. You spiral into despair. You don't try to make things better because you don't think you deserve to make things better. You struggle to forgive others and you struggle to trust yourself. Uh, so those are all things that not forgiving yourself has uh, can affect you by. And so the reasons, uh, the tips, I guess, that we have for forgiving yourself begin with this. Number one is decide that you want to let it go. Uh, in the process of forgiving, the first barrier you have to remove is within your own mind. You've got to make the decision that you will not dwell on the incident. Um with, with my story, you know, I had a major mess up when I was 19 years old that rocked my life and my marriage and my job and everything for several years after. Uh, and it's only been in the last uh, five, ten years or so that things have started to become normal again. And it's not really having that big of an effect on my life, at least new things. Uh, moving forward, which is great. But there was a very long period of time where I just couldn't let it go. Even long after I'd been in, in therapy and been in Celebrate Recovery, I still would every now and then go back to a point where I was beating myself up, going, how could I have let that happen? Look at all the negative stuff that came out of it and never focusing on the positive, never focusing on what God did with it. Uh, or anything like that, but just focusing on how terrible I must have been to let it get to that point. And, of course, that would keep me in, like, a depressive state. I would I would beat myself up and hate who I was, and that would affect how I treated others, and that would affect uh, my motivation in anything that I did. It's a rough situation to be in. Hmm. Do you have anything to add to that, Mo? Nope. <laughs> Mo doesn't like looking inwardly in these posts. <laughs> I don't. Tuesday is my least favorite day of the week. It's when we do these stupid top lists that always make me feel like I I'm suck a at life. Person. Well, see, this is the point. I also, I'll be totally don't. honest here, Matt, and this may come as a shock to you. So, whatever. Deal. I'll, um, I'll flex my shocked face muscles. Okay. Um, I don't like hearing. It's going to it's going to sound a lot worse than what I mean it to. So I'm going to have to explain myself. <laughs> I don't like hearing about old Matt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because like 
I'm judging you by any means, yeah. and I think that you know that. I do. It's like I. It makes me sad. Yeah, it makes me sad too. <laughs> it makes me sad to hear about old Matt. So I like tune out old Matt talks, and because then also what I end up having to do is you know like we talked about yesterday when people say really mean judgmental things, I end up like going all crazy mo on them and. <laughs> You don't know him, so shut up and mind your business. Okay, keep going with the list. <laughs> Number two, <laughs> look at what you've done objectively. Uh, big obstacle in forgiving yourself is the inability to see things objectively. Um, I mean, sure, what you did might have been a big deal, but at the same time, you tend to compound the, the problem on top of yourself when it's your own fault. Uh, and sometimes it might just feel like it was a bigger deal than it really was to anybody else. Um, most of the time when I explain what I actually did uh, back when I was 19, most people were like, oh, okay. You know, it's not, it's not that big of a deal to them because they're just seeing the action that I did and they're not seeing what I felt was the consequences because the consequences drug out for so long. But to them, they from the outside... Uh, outside of it, seeing as a rational person, say, oh, yeah, I guess not a big deal. Not really that big of a deal. Not a stretch uh, from standard life. And so I think we do that to ourselves a lot in that we, we make something we make something, make something out of nothing. such a big a deal. Uh, Mike Tyson's guest starring Mike, on a show Mike today. Something. We make something out of a bigger deal than it really is. Um, nice to have you here today, Mike. <laughs> I need your children. I need your family. <laughs> and to get ourselves stuck in that situation, uh, we won't look at it objectively. And so we compound it. We make it bigger. We make it uh, an ins insurmountable mountain, almost, the idea of forgiving ourselves. So we need to be able to step back and view yourself and what happened as if you were an outside observer. Uh, number three is own it, but don't be owned by it. Um, taking responsibility for what you've done is important, but that is not the entirety of who you are. Letting it define you is not uh, ever a good decision, having one moment in your life define you. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, sometimes in our society with bigger things, that's, that is what happens when it becomes... A news event or something if you've done something terrible enough to be put on the news sometimes that does define you for the rest of your life mm -hmm. which is terrible terrifying but then we have other things like uh you know if someone gets divorced and it was rough it's a rough situation uh we uh we, we kind of talked about this about uh, someone that we know that it was a rough divorce things were bad who knows how much uh was to blame on which person or whatever but to then only see those people defined by that one thing yeah. and let that be what they're known for for the rest of their life, that's so totally unfair. It is. And it's even more unfair for you to do that to yourself. Don't let yourself be defined by just the worst thing you ever did or the worst mistake you made. But instead, work to become a better person, grow from it, learn from it. And uh, you can't let, a, I mean, you can't control how others define you, but you can control how you define yourself. Mm -hmm. So, yes, take responsibility for it, but then grow from it and be something better. Uh, last one we'll talk about here in this hour is grieve your loss. Um, if, uh, if a tragedy was averted in your situation, focus on the good of that and be thankful. However, if a tragic loss occurred, uh, know that it's okay to grieve the pain. Beating yourself up constantly is not a requirement, though, of grief. You can be upset with the loss of a relationship or or uh, anything else that that was a casualty, as it were, of the mistake that you made. But to let that be the the driving force behind your grief, let your guilt be the driving force behind your grief isn't going to help. You can still grieve the loss of a relationship as the relationship as a whole, 
uh, not just for the parts that you played in it or something like that. Yeah. Um, these are all the tough parts. These are the tough steps at the beginning. But so it's gonna get a little the easier. next hour, it's going to be easier? The next five are going to start getting easier. Okay. All right. So it's okay. It's okay to feel a little melancholy right now as we go to break. Just don't it's don't leave start. us behind. Oh, yeah. Stick with us. Stick with us. We got five more tips and they're going to start getting better. Start getting better. But first, <laughs> it's time for Love Thy Nerds. Critical hit. Take it away, Hector. We'll be back at the top of the next hour. Enjoy the uh, music break ahead. Hey everyone, this is the Love Thy Nerd Critical Hit. I'm Hector Mirai with Faith and Fandom, and I just wanted to share a quick thought with you. I've spent the past three weeks at three different Comic-Cons in three different states. And the one consistent thing that I've seen across three states, three weekends, and three vastly different regions of our country is that cosplayers, which are people that dress up in costumes at Comic-Cons because they're fans of things, cosplayers right now have consistently felt the pulse that they are going to dress up as Steve and Robin from Stranger Things Season 3 and as Crowley and Aziraphale from Good Omens. I've been going to Comic-Cons on a regular basis for six years and I have never seen this many people wearing the same costumes in the same places. Just this past weekend, I counted 40 different people dressed as Robin and Steve from Stranger Things Season 3. I counted almost as many Crowley and Aziraphales as well. And you know why people are dressed in these cosplays? Because they love these things. They love Stranger Things Season 3. It's popular, and those are characters they connect to and have easy access to the costumes. The same reason people dressed as the angel and demon from Good Omens is because they loved the story, and they wanted to be able to imitate that. Because that's something we do in culture. It's why we quote movies and TV shows. It's why we sing songs over and over and annoy people. It's because... We like to imitate the things we love. And you know what? That goes beyond just pop culture and cosplay. That goes to our hearts. Because scripture teaches us that we should imitate the things we love. Ephesians 5 verse 1 says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. We should be as prominent in displaying our imitation and love of God and people in this culture as it is to see someone in a Scoops Ahoy costume at a Comic-Con right now. So what are you imitating? I want you to know that Love Thy Nerd exists to love and serve our nerdy neighbors through thoughtful content, relational outreach, and intentional community. Check out our website at lovethynerd.com our thriving Facebook community where you can interact on a daily basis. We have several podcasts, one of which I host, and we're active on all the socials. You can also check me and my book series out over at Faith and Fandom on Facebook. show here on this Tuesday morning. Glad to have you with us. It's the third hour. We're going to pick up with our former topic from the last hour. We are talking about ways to forgive yourself or nine tips to help you forgive yourself uh, for when you've done something wrong in the past that had negative effects, small or large, 
Uh, it's about getting past the point where you're letting it define you and beat yourself up. Uh, the first four tips that we talked about was decide that you want to let it go. Look at what you've done objectively. Own it, but don't be owned by it and grieve your loss. And now we're going to do the last five. And again, this comes from markmerrill.com with his article nine tips for when you can't forgive yourself. Uh, so number five is seek forgiveness from others if needed. Uh, in the recovery community, it's called make amends. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, forgiveness from others can free you up to forgive yourself. Hmm. Typically, you want to get to a point that you've forgiven yourself because that can be a hindrance on you forgiving other people. Uh, But if you're struggling with forgiving yourself, try to seek forgiveness, at least, from those that you feel like you've hurt. Uh, Even if it's someone that might not really have uh, held on to something that you did to them or something that you said, or maybe you said something behind their back or something that might have caused a problem, but they didn't know it was you. You know, that kind of thing, the gossip situation, stuff like that. Seeking forgiveness can uh, help your soul, help build you up a little bit. Even if they don't receive it well, you're not really responsible for how they react. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they might not forgive you. But the fact that you've apologized, the fact that you're doing what you can, you're doing as far as it depends on you, the right thing, that will help you make that a habit in your life. And hopefully help you deal with the needing to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we get to the point where we don't forgive others because we're in denial about whether or not we're angry with them or we're upset about them uh, when it comes to outwardly. Because um, I know that when I was when it was me forgiving um, my parents for some things they had done or not done when I was growing up. I didn't really want to do that because I didn't want to speak into existence the fact that I had a problem with it. You know? Yeah. Because I love my parents and I know that they did their best and I definitely didn't want to make them feel bad, but uh, it became a point where that was something that I needed to do in order to continue moving on. And so I tried to make that as clear as possible is that, look, I, I know that you did everything that you could and you did to the best of your ability. And, and I'm not harboring anger or resentment towards you, but I do know that this was a part of, of, uh, the early stages of whatever led me to where I went. And I just need you to know that, you know, I, I don't hold that against you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I forgive you for not knowing or, or, uh, not knowing what to do in that situation, you know, that kind of thing. And all around, once you can get those three points of accepting forgiveness from others, forgiving yourself, and then giving forgiveness to others, life gets so much easier. (laughs) When you're not harboring anything, whether that be guilt or anger, guilt for stuff you've done or anger for stuff that others have done to you, it's so much easier to deal with people on a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> it's just a happier, mm. yeah, happier existence. Yeah, it's that like that's the big one, and the not lying to people about things anymore. Yes, like having to keep up different sets of lies different with different lies. people. Yep. Once you eliminate those two factors of your personality, life is just so much easier. Yeah, <laughs> so much less stress. All right, number six on this list, focus on what can be learned. And we kind of talked about this already, but yeah, you want to grow from this. You want to learn from what you've done. Everybody's going to fall. Everyone's going to stumble, fail, hurt somebody eventually. That always happens as part of the human experience, part of the human condition. And the difference comes between the people that will learn from it and the people that won't. People that learn from it learn how to not do that again when the situation arises. Uh, people that choose not to learn from it just set themselves up to make that same mistake over and over and over. Uh, one of the things that we talk about in CR is like making an inventory. When there's a problem in your life that you keep doing, that you keep falling into, a mistake you keep making, is you know when that happens, write down everything that happened. Write down everything that happened that day leading up to that point. Write down everything that occurred, everything that the other person said, everything that you said, whatever. Everything that led to that point, 
and then keep doing that. Mm-hmm. Every time it happens, keep doing that and you will start, almost always, you will start to see a pattern of something specific triggering this event in your life, the way you reacted. And then you can start to plan for it. And sure, there might be several things and it might take a long time to determine all those several things. But the more that you determine and the more that you make plans for, the more that you uh, set up guards and barriers and protections against, the easier it's going to become to knock that out of your life. Uh, Number seven, record your... Oh, I just jumped into this. Record your reflections. That's exactly what I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. So we can just skip it. There we go. Record your reflections. Stop speaking ahead, Matt. (laughs) Maybe if I read these lists before we do them. No. Number (laughs) number eight, feel the love. See, I told you this was going to be positive at this point. The love tonight. I had that soundtrack on cassette tape. Really? I had that. I had the Toy Story soundtrack, and I had the Space Jam soundtrack, and those were my three tapes that I would just. The Toy Story one wasn't that exciting because there was only one song with words, two songs, two songs with words. You got got a friend with me, me. and the uh, the one for Buzz when he was trying to fly. Oh. In Sid's house. And then he fell. Yeah, that's a sad one. That was a sad song. <laughs> I bought it. And I look, I'm look. i looking at the track list. And a lot of them say instrumental after them. And I had never seen that term before. So I didn't know what it meant. And so I asked another kid. I said, do you know what instrumental means? I said, yeah, that just means it's like a really good song. <clears throat> like this. Like a lot of instruments. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And I get in and all. There's no lyrics to any There's of these no songs. There's no words. Where are the words? <laughs> then Space Jam. That's nothing but crazy good music. All right. We're in the middle what of What are we list. talking about? Feel the love. It's your fault. You sang the song. Feel the love. Uh, I hope you know someone in your life who loves you unconditionally. Uh, if so, draw them into your struggle for encouragement. Uh, The best help may be to simply listen well and to remind you that you are loved. Um, So if you have someone in your life that loves you unconditionally, unconditionally, a parent, a spouse, a child, a friend, uh, someone from Celebrate Recovery or something like that. If you have someone like that in your life who will stick by you thick and thin, uh, problem, no problem, all that stuff. That's the kind of person you need to spend a lot of time with. You need to have yourself a mo. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and lastly, agree <laughs> with God. If you know God and you've confessed that you're wrongdoing to him, you can know that you're forgiven by him. And so if God, the creator of the, everything in existence, can forgive you, why can't you, little old you, forgive yourself, you know? I am important, Matt. <laughs> Little old measly you. I know that's just really... a speck on this this timeline. Oh, you're so rude. <laughs> a a mere dot in the existence, a, a grain of sand in the hourglass of time. Way to make me feel like I don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, you matter so little. Why can't you forgive yourself? <laughs> You're so rude. Shouldn't be that hard. No. Uh, that's, I mean, those are those are the main things, uh, main tips. And that's essentially following the pattern of Celebrate Recovery's uh, guidance as well. Uh, we didn't talk about every single thing in this. If you want to read the whole article for yourself, you can again go to markmerrill.com and search for nine tips for when you can't forgive yourself. Um, but essentially the main reason we, we bring this up is again, because we are so focused on recovery here because we've both been through it for one reason or another. And, uh, getting to the point where you forgive yourself is so important because it's really one of the main things that stalls you with recovery. It'll keep you struggling with relapse. It'll keep you struggling with, uh, growing or letting God use you. Uh, all the stuff that you really want in your life. You want to be free of your your bad compulsions. 
you want to start growing in your relationships you want to start growing in uh ministry and and what god wants to do with your life all of these things that you really want can, can be completely stopped by the fact that you can't forgive yourself for something you've done in the past and i know some people have worse things in their past than others and i know that there are going to be people out there who feel like that they are in the top tier of terrible people because of something that they've done and uh i'm i mean i'm including everything even some of the worst things you can still find redemption and forgiveness from mm-hmm. um i mean we talked about yesterday we talked about uh mass shootings and we i know we have a uh we had a teenager in our town a few years ago who entered into our town's library and uh began firing for no reason the library wasn't the place that he was intending to go but he he had uh this anger that had engulfed him and he let it out in a terrible way but he's still alive and he's in jail and he probably will be in jail for the next giant portion of his life but we've got to come to a point where we realize that he's still not beyond redemption Mm -hmm. these people can't we can't ever think that there's someone beyond redemption no matter how terrible that they've done because if that's the case then that could be the case for every single one of us Mm -hmm. and to to abandon somebody like that and to think that they're beyond redemption is to is for us to fail it's for us to quit it's for us to give up on someone and that's never something that we're called to do yeah as christians um i'm not saying that everybody who's ever done some terrible horrible inhumane thing will be able to get back to a normal life or anything like that but they can find forgiveness they can find love some of my favorite stories are ones where like some uh someone has has killed another person and then that person's parent has come and forgiven that person Mm -hmm. Uh, is even one of my the, one of my most favorite stories is one about a mother uh, who's who basically adopted the kid who had killed her son a few years earlier because she was working on the idea of there is still the possibility of redemption here mm-hmm. and I want to be the catalyst to that not put more hate and more anger out into the world but at least let something good come from something terrible Mm -hmm. and if that means taking this person who is a killer and turning him into someone better despite all the pain it's going to cause me living completely on empathy Mm -hmm. and not on self-preservation that's a wonderful place to be Mm -hmm. and that's what changes lives and so if you can get to the point where you forgive yourself and accept forgiveness from others you'll get to the point where you can forgive others and that's just putting so much good out into the world it's going to combat the bad Mm -hmm. it's really going to take it to all this negativity that we have nowadays a lot of which we talked about yesterday in the show put more good into the world put more god into the world put more love into the world and it's going to come back it's going to grow And I know we're on a downward spiral as Christians knowing that this world is going to come to an end one day and it's probably going to get a lot worse before it does. But while we're here and while we're alive and while we're focused, let's do all that we can in our power to keep the good in the world. And that means putting down picket signs and picking up the broken pieces of others' lives and helping them put them back together. And that starts with forgiving yourself and getting in a good place yourself. Anything you want to add to that, Mo? Good message, Matt. <laughs> You're just going to let me take the last word I'm today? let you take the last word today because you, you wrapped it up nice. <laughs> all right. Well, that is all we have for the show today. Stick around. We'll be back soon to close it out with the Bible verse and thought for the day.
Sunday morning worship, every week beginning at 8 a.m. Eastern. Six hours of worship music, followed by a sermon by Dr. Johnny Thunderberg. Only on Backrow Radio. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. As we close out your show for the day, we got your Bible verse and thought for the day. Bible verse for the day is Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And our thought for the day comes from Max Lucado. Grace chooses to give the forgiveness that's been received. Thank you for joining us today. We're here every Monday through Thursday at 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific podcast is available usually that afternoon on backerradio.com you can find us on itunes spotify youtube and podbean and don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at back row radio and join our laughter inducing facebook community back row baptist church by going to brbchurch.com everybody that is it for the show mo what's the final word forgive somebody today y'all <laughs> even if it's yourself if you need us we'll be in the back bye